Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why did the cat open Pandora's box? Curiosity. And also, it was made of cardboard. What do you give a basketball player who never washes their jersey? A fragrant foul. Why did the kittens get in trouble during school? They were copycats. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. 
From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we also have my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello, everyone. Do you have topic time for today? Yes. Well, thank you. This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio and the internet, or on the radio, or in the internet. Well, is it in the internet or on the internet? I guess it's on the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, but you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347 Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your healthcare provider. Very good. All right. Please don't forget uh, stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com for all of your stuff needs. <laughs> there, there you go. That's a, that's a way to sell it, Dr. Steve. And don't forget the uh, Phoenix, the erectile dysfunction device that I'm doing a clinical trial with an N of one on myself just for fun. Uh, check it out at ed.drsteve.com. If you go there, you can get a discount. You can get it for 29 bucks a month. It is not cheap, but it is acoustic shockwave therapy just like you would spend thousands and thousands of dollars for at a medical spa, and you'll have some person holding your jungle region that you don't know while it's trying to shrink into your body because you're mortified. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, you just do it yourself at home. So check out ed.drsteve.com. That's echodelta.drsteve.com. And uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And uh, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Tacey and I do a show on there. And then we do a thing called the exam room. And I'm getting ready to uh, – I one of the reasons we had technical problems this week was because I completely redid all of my OBS templates and then realized that um, the profile and scene collections are two different – effing things and I did it all on my profile I did a new profile and I completely destroyed all of our templates and everything and we had we were 45 minutes late getting started today because of that so I learned my lesson but anyway I've got brand new um, uh, scenes for that I'm going to be able to pull up articles on the internet and rail about them and all I'm going to be doing is raising holy hell and getting angry about shitty uh, medical journalism. And I'm starting with that gosh darn, almost said a very naughty word, Tacey, mm-hmm. um, uh, article about erythritol. That's going to be the first one. So it'll be on. Those will actually go up on our YouTube eventually, but Patreon subscribers will get them a week ahead of time, something like that. Or I'll get a collection <clears throat> of them and then I'll throw them up on YouTube after a while. So those will be live streams. That'll be fun. It's coming. So check us out, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. And if you want me to say fluid to your mama, uh, go to cameo.com slash weirdmedicine. It's cheap, fun, and all the proceeds go toward 
ham radio. <laughs> and my buddy Dale and I uh, have uh, – we've amassed enough funds now that we're going to set up a moon b- – <laughs> I know Tacey thinks it's hilarious – a moon bounce – uh, set up where we will be bouncing signals off the moon and talking to people wherever they can see the moon. Oh, go! You know oh, it's. Oh, oh, sorry. We still, I mean, are we no still, kidding. Are we still on? It's uh, fun. <laughs> you guys are shitheads. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals.net. And I do want to uh, make a correction. Uh, last time uh, we talked about um, monkeypox and smallpox, and uh, we got uh, and I, unfortunately I did not get this person's name, and I apologize, but they're a PhD or an MD or something. They said on uh, that episode some of the information you provided about smallpox and cowpox and monkeypox was. Slightly inaccurate. <laughs> now, th- that was it, this person was being very kind. It was completely inaccurate, uh, and so I'm just going to read his words because I I talked about <laughs> what a I'm so stupid, and so I knew when I said it that I was saying something idiotic, and uh, the the underlying idea was right, but the history of it was completely wrong. Uh, I said that uh, Jonas Salk. Uh, immunized individuals with cowpox to prevent smallpox. And I'm sorry, but... You see? You see? You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. The correct individual is Edward Jenner. So we got to give Edward Jenner uh, credit. Yes. In 1796, he noticed milkmaids who contracted cowpox didn't get smallpox. So you have... The, the sort of the, the landed gentry, and they're all getting smallpox and dying from it. And, but the people that they send out to work with their cows and, and get milk and stuff so that they can feed their privileged children who are also getting smallpox weren't getting it. They were basically immune from it. Wow. And uh, so he immunized this nine-year-old boy, and the, we know the kid's name. His name was Edward Phipps. And he uh, inoculated him with lesions from the hand of a milkmaid on day zero and on day 31. Okay? <laughs> so on day 60, he, try, he tried to give this kid smallpox. Oh, for goodness sakes. Okay, so he challenged the boy with lesions from an individual suffering from smallpox. Now, this was... Ballsy AF, and I'm uh, wondering if poor little Edward Phipps maybe didn't have you know rich parents. I don't know. I, I don't know. His parents signed a waiver. Let's look him up. Let's look up Edward Phipps and see who this kid was, whose parents had the balls to let this Edward Jenner guy uh, give him uh, inoculations uh, a month apart of. Uh, monkey or no, cowpox, and then give him smallpox. And he observed that Edward Phipps did not develop smallpox and thus was protected based on immunizations with cowpox. So this was the absolutely first intentional vaccine. And uh, the term came from um, 
the, the term vaccination came from, uh, he says vaca meaning cow. No, I think it was the, the virus was vaccinia, which was derived from cow. Uh, on in, now, I may now make shit. I probably said that wrong too. So let's see. Vodka is vaccinia. Yes, 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 yes. Vodka. Uh, yes. Okay. So vaccinia um, virus it was named from uh, the cow, uh, which was a pox virus similar to smallpox but less harmful. So there you go. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so the term vaccination came from vaca, meaning cow. In contrast, <laughs> Salk developed the polio vaccine, of course. he. And, but what Salk did was really cool, was he ran uh, the polio vaccine, which was wild type, into what they we call non-permissive cell lines. And what this did was uh, generated the first attenuated version of polio virus. And so he created the first live attenuated vaccine. Okay. And, uh, and therefore, th- that classroom that was in my school when I was in kindergarten with all the kids in the wheelchairs, nobody remembers that anymore, you know, because of Jonas Salk. So polio sucked, and uh, it was a real thing. And, um, you know, measles sucked. Took out one of my classmates in kindergarten, and uh, people who um, are, you know, fully anti-vaccine do not remember those days because they only remember how things are now, which is we are not ravaged by those those illnesses. And I had somebody the other day say to me, "Well, there's there's more people harmed from the vaccine now than there are harmed from measles." It's like right. Yes, that's correct. That's that is the sign of a vaccinated society. Right? Because we don't have the disease. Well, now it's coming back here and there. It's crazy. That... But um so if you have zero disease mm-hmm. and you're vaccinating millions of people, of course you'll have more harm done by the vaccine, but you have still have to look at that risk benefit uh, uh, analysis. One out of a thousand kids with measles will die. Hmm. And uh, show me the statistics on the vaccines, not anywhere even close to that. Uh, and I mean, astronomically, vanishingly small to the point of being close to zero. Okay, statistically. So, uh, yeah, no, it sucks. Tacey and I knew this. We had two kids. We both were like, oh, the vaccine. Okay, well, we're going to do it. But we were holding, you know, we were holding our breath when we gave our kids vaccines, you know, praying that they weren't in the one in a jillion that had an adverse reaction. Mm -hmm. And even when you know the numbers as intimately as we do, uh, you still, there's still a little bit of temerity uh, there when you uh, go to uh, give your kids shots. And the really the worst for us, knock on wood so far, for our kid, is he now, he now has needle phobia because I remember when he was, however, 18 months or something, they held him down and they had three nurses holding him down and two nurses or three were injecting him uh, simultaneously at different sites on his thighs. And he freaked out and now he's afraid of needles, mm. you know, understandably so. And doesn't remember why, but I, it's got to be that. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. 
All right. So uh, the person that sent me that, I'm sorry I didn't write your name down. I promised I would remember your name, and I forgot it, and I, that's, that's on me. But uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, correcting me on that one. And I give myself a... <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. That was for me. Now, you guys are going to be competing for bells the rest of the time, but I have negative 10, so it's going to be a while before I'll catch up. <laughs> uh, you guys want to do the mom swipes uh, question of the week? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Tacey, you good with it? Yeah. Were you, you didn't hear it last week, did you? you no, I did here. not. So uh, that podcast that I was on, Mom Swipes Left, they were quite hilarious and uh, really kind of get the show. And I said, just send in a, a you know, whenever you want to. Uh, send us a question and we'll put it on the air and then plug your podcast. So here it is. It's time for Mom Swipes Left Has Questions with Jen and Carol from the Mom Swipes Left podcast. Dr. Steve, Carol and I have been talking. So we were comparing earwax detail. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> and no, you don't. Carol's earwax is, Carol? It's like a little bit sticky, yellowy, orangey. There's not a lot of it, but... Okay, I'm already kind of grossed out. Do you have you ever seen my earwax other than going, "Ew, you got earwax coming out of your ear." I mean, it, it, you and no. I are, have been married for how long? Oh. I don't think Tacy makes earwax. Matter of fact, I'm not sure Tacy moves her bowels. I have no I have no evidence that she does. Right? Yeah, we just don't do that kind of thing. No. So, uh, this is, you know, they must be really good friends, but uh, uh, Scott and I are very good friends, and we don't, uh, we've never done this, so, I, and I don't intend to start. It's, anyway. you know, it's no. like a, trying to, it's like thick. Matter of fact, I'm sure what comes out of Tacy's colon is just smells like flowers. I was thinking roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably looks like roses, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably is roses. Probably is roses. Tacy shits out roses. Roses. <laughs> Wait, so how do you get it out of your ear hole? I just put some Q-tip in there. You're not no. supposed to. Do that. Well, that's what I do. And it's orangey, yellowy. Yeah. Yeah. Does it smell? No, I don't. Well, I don't smell it. Oh. What's it taste like? <laughs> so okay, I'll save it for you next time. Would you? Yeah. Okay. So my earwax has always been sort of off-white and flaky. Okay. And I've never had the chunkers that these people are talking about or the chunkers that I see advertised on my yes. Twitter feed. Right. Which well, is those nasty. are probably over-exaggerated. Over but yeah. Fucking gross. What the hell is Looks a like flaky, a goddamn kidney bean. Flaky <laughs> off-white earwax. Oh, no. Are you asking me? Okay. Won't be able to eat kidney beans for a while. Uh, no, I'm asking him. Oh, yeah. So why? Why does my earwax... Earwax seems so different than other people's. Or are there different kinds of earwax? You're the best. Thanks, thank you, Doctor Steve. Hey, thank you. So, uh, yes, uh, there is a natural variation amongst humans, and we all have different ear earwax. I, for example, once every three months have to uh, use the Murine ear kit. And we'll talk about that okay. in a second, the best way to clear earwax out of your ear, because that's the utility of this very important question. Um, but, I, you know, once every three months I have to do that, and mine's dark and brown and, you know, globby. And then other people have just sort of flaky earwax um, as uh, – 
as our caller does. So um, whether that was Jen or Carol, I still haven't figured that out yet. So, uh, but the ear canal is lined with these hair follicles, right? And it's got uh, those hair follicles and the skin in there has glands that uh, produce oil, just like our regular skin does. But, you know, on your skin, if you could prevent that oil from being swept out to the rest of the world, you would have globs of oil on your skin. And when it dried out, it might look something like earwax, but they're slightly different. The waxy oil that that produces in the ear is called cerumen. And uh, it almost always makes its way to the opening of the ear and then just disappears. You can sneeze. Are you sneezing? I was going to. I'm you sorry. I was, trying to, I was trying to turn my head away. I'm That's okay. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, that you didn't oh, just sneeze sakes, right Blow in. all over the, the million-dollar microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the earwax normally will sort of migrate out to the ear and then just disappear uh, because it's almost microscopic. But if it blocks up, then, uh, or I mean, block, you know, builds up, then it can block the ear canal. And when it does that, um, you, it's the, really, it's the most common cause of loss of hearing. When I was doing primary care, people would come in and say, I can't hear out of my left ear. First thing you do, you look in there and there's a big glob of wax and I'd get old Wander Gully over there and, uh, <laughs> uh, who was my nurse and, uh, she'd get, uh, this giant, uh, silver syringe full of warm water, and she loved to do it. And you'd hold an emesis basin under your ear and tip it toward her, and then she would run that thing in there. One swipe with that thing because it, it had a really good uh, uh, flow of fluid uh, through it, and she knew how to, to aim it just perfectly. So it would go in and glance along the top of the ear canal, turn around and bounce down along the bottom part, and it would sweep that cerumen impaction with it. And she'd get these big globs of things. And that's a very grateful patient, too. You know, we talk about the grateful patients that come in with an ingrown toenail that leave pain-free or a thrombose uh, external hemorrhoid and they leave pain-free, but also the those that are... Um, coming in feeling like they're going deaf and come out with full auditory acuity because you cleared out uh, cerumen impaction out of their ear, also very grateful patients, you know, where you could do something immediate like that. All right. So, yeah, that's the thing is just that you're just different. Some people have oily skin. Some people have oily hair. Mm. Some people have dry, flyaway hair, um, you know, and uh, everybody's different. So that's really all that is. Uh, and, you know, in some people, these glands produce way more wax than can be removed. And when that happens, then uh, you get this buildup. And so how, how are you going to deal with that at home? You can go to your provider. I think we used to charge 100 bucks for that. Well, it's just regular office visit. Or you could do it at home. So don't use Q-tips when you cram Q-tips in an ear that has a wax impaction in it. All you're going to do is push the wax further into the ear and yep. make it more com compact. So um, uh, what, what I recommend, the cheapest thing to do is get a thing called a murine ear kit. And, and CVS and Walmart and, or, well, Walgreens and, uh, uh, you know, other places like that sell generic, ver their uh, house brand versions of these. But basically what's in there is a little tube of... Um, glycerin that has some uh, peroxide in it. Okay. 
And uh, so you'll lay down and watch Seinfeld, get the bad ear up and put five, six drops in there. Just fill up your ear canal with this glycerin stuff. What that's going to do is soften it. Gotcha. And the uh, peroxide will help to lift off some of the the uh, surface goo okay. and maybe even work its way around the side of the impaction and build up a little bit of gas pocket in there to make it easier to dislodge from the from the wall. And then uh, after uh, about 30 minutes, so episode of Seinfeld, mm-hmm. uh, then you get up and um, run warm water in a sink and plug the sink up. And then, but it needs to be warm, lukewarm, mm-hmm. uh, body temperature. And it's, there's a little bulb syringe in there. And you turn the, now you turn the bad ear down toward the water and you fill up that bulb syringe with fluid, you know, with water. With the fluid. With the, <laughs> yes, exactly, with fluid. And then you um, uh, start to syringe water into the ear and you want it to be forceful enough that it'll dislodge it but not so crazy forceful that you're going to hurt yourself so if you cause pain you're doing it wrong and uh, you want to kind of angle it you put the tip in just inside just barely inside the ear hole Mm -hmm. and um and then uh, angle it sort of toward one of the walls so you don't want to shoot it straight in that doesn't do anything that just pushes it in Mm -hmm. you want to angle it in so again it glances against one of the walls of the ear canal and then curls back around and sweeps that uh, wax out it's with a bank it. shot. It's, yes, it's a very bank good. Shot. Okay, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a. Oh. Give myself a bell. Oh. Well, I guess I'll have to start paying attention now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Game on. Game on. So, um, yeah, Tacy. You get nothing. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So do yes, do the bank shot with the fluid, and then you'll start to see. Uh, if you're lucky, you see a nice big bolus of uh, wax come out, and now all of a sudden your hearing is back to normal again. So I'll do that if I have to go get a physical, because every time I go in, they look in my ears. They got to get the curette, the um, the little curettes out and start cleaning my ear out, and it's embarrassing. It's gross. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you pull down your pants to do a rectal exam, and there's just shit all over your ass. <laughs> well, it's not quite the same. Well, to me, it is. <laughs> That's a little different. To me, it's very similar. <laughs> well, I mean, you're gross. You know, it's just gross being gross. gross. That, is yeah, yeah. that is true. It's because the gross factors. Yeah, or if they do a prostate exam and <laughs> fluid comes out the end, of, and they weren't expecting it. Oh, yeah, it's not good. Not good. That will happen. By the way, and that you're not ejaculating no. when that happens. It is just fluid dynamics. That you know, a, if, if you come in with prostate pain, and um, they bend you over and stick their finger up your rear, and they well, you want fluid to come out, but they're supposed to give you a slide or a petri dish or something to collect it, so they can look at it under the microscope. Because when you express fluid from the prostate, if you've got an infected prostate, you'll see white blood cells. Otherwise, you shouldn't see any of that. Right. That's just a somewhat of an aside. Yeah, a little bit. Well, okay, but it's still, it's gross. It's, you know, you're looking in your ear and it's full of wax. they got to dig that out. And okay. then you pull down your pants. If and we're going to judge there's gross skin things, marks. I'm pretty sure the And then they stick their finger in there and then one. stuff's coming out of the end of your Penis, your horrible, horrible, flaccid <laughs> penis. It's horrible. Uh, yes. <laughs> Too much fluid, dog. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> what other gross things could there possibly be? Just belching when they're examining your abdomen. Or going, <laughs> because you're ticklish and they're examining your abdomen. I had that happen to me once. Well, I, I didn't actually make that sound. I was making it in my head, but I was kind of jerking. <laughs> because it's like, dude, I'm ticklish. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, oh you're 67 years old and you're ticklish. Oh, my God. <laughs> Touch the bottom of my feet either. All right. Or his back. Or my back, right. Just don't touch him. Yeah. Mm, he's gross. All right. Enough. Okay. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is uh, Randy, the pharmacist, who emailed you. Hello. I'm calling to let you know that I don't remember what you were talking about, but it was something <laughs> regarding waiting at the pharmacy and what are they doing back there and how long does it take? And... No, 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 no. It was we were we were talking about us. Uh, yeah, insurance, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, why the pharmacists don't just pick up the phone and and call if something's not covered by insurance. But also, we were talking about how pharmacists, like everyone else, are fallible. But not to shit on pharmacists, no. but to say if you if if pharmacists are fallible, what about the guy making meth? <laughs> you know, in the in the uh, you know in the trailer out in the parking lot. And speaking of people making meth in the in the uh, trailer of the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, did you know, this is the craziest effing thing. I, I'm a notary public, right? I got notarized so that I could notarize living wills uh, because we do a lot of, and we don't even call them living wills, medical advanced care plan. Okay. And did you, so in my research, I was trying to come up with a one page universal medical advanced care plan that would be accepted in all 50 states because there are some rules. And in my research, what I found was that if I notarize a medical advanced care plan, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, this is just a everybody listening to this needs one where it, it just says, if I'm in a coma and I'm never going to wake up and I die, do I want CPR or do I not? And the answer is you do not. But it, that you know, it's up to you. But that's the right answer. No right or wrong answers, but that's the right answer. But anyway, uh, so if I notarize it, it's not good in like twenty states. Bonded and insured notary public notarizing someone's signature, they will not accept it in Virginia. But if you get again those same two knuckleheads that are out in your parking lot cooking meth in a trailer in your parking lot and you go grab them and bring them in to co-sign someone's signature, totally fine. Hmm. To totally fine. That's kind of bizarre, isn't it? It's idiotic. Anyway, okay. So that's kind of what we were talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I have some answers for that. Okay. And, um, you can give me a call. Okay. I, okay. I thought she was going to answer it uh, here. Do we want to have her on and ask her questions about stuff, uh, about um, pharmacy, the practice of pharmacy? It's not exactly a weird medicine question, but it has come up. We could do that. I mean, we've done, yeah, we've talked about pharmacies before. I yeah, was, it'd be nice to have a pharmacist on. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do that. Uh, maybe I'll record her uh, off, you know, the show, and we'll just... Um, We'll just edit it in, or we could just do it. No, what the hell? We'll do it live one day. We'll okay. do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. Fuck, Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> not, not you, lady pharmacist. 
Uh, so anyway, if you don't know what that is, that's sorry. All right. Um, okay, here's a good question. So we will do that in the future. I think that's good. What that's about Tacey's topic time? Yeah, that was where I was going next, if that's okay. Ooh. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Cool. <laughs> just wondering. She just... It's Tacy's Time of Topics, a time for Tacy to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacy. Hello. Hello. So I have... So nice to see you. Oh, yes. Lovely <laughs> to see you. I have five very... Quick topics today. Excellent. Cool. Just very short, brief little. This is where you start generating bells, I'll tell you that. Damn it. Well, if you did some homework. Well, no, that's true. (laughs) Um, So uh, in 2012 in Indonesia, a person had a tumor weighing 72.5 kilograms removed from his leg. Surgery lasted 72.5 kilograms. Kilograms, yes. Okay, it's like so it's 2.2. 2. pounds or something? Echo, how many pounds is 72.5 kilograms? 
72.5 kilograms is about 160 pounds. God, that's close. <laughs> Dang. Mm -hmm. Removed from its leg. Surgery lasted more than 10 hours, and a crane was needed to lift the tumor a away. A crane? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it was a construction crane. I think it was a surgical crane. Probably like a Hoyer lift or something like yeah. that, don't you think? That's a story from the New York, Maybe an uh, engine, New York like Times. Like an engine lift. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So and that where, is the where first was the tumor? Um, on his leg. Oh, goodness How are gracious. you carrying a hundred? How do you carry that around on your leg? I mean, we've had that person. Uh, did we have them on the show or did we just talk about the person that had the uh, you know, hundred and something pound scrotum. Well, we talked about it. we didn't have him on the show. We didn't have no. him on the show. No, we okay. did talk about. But we had a horse on the show. Yeah, yeah. horse was the guy that uh, um, they that made a living with people kicking him in the nuts right. and doing you know, and him jumping off of right, 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 things right. onto sawhorses <laughs> yes, onto his nuts. Right, that's oh right. my God, can you imagine? No. Anyway. Uh, okay, well, that was a good one. I don't know how the hell he carried it around. Probably didn't. Probably didn't. I wonder if he had a superpower afterward because he had to adjust to that over time. You know, they always talk about, oh, if you take a calf and you lift it every day, could you at the, you know, as they grew, eventually be able to lift a cow? Because, you know, you're lifting it every day. You get a little bit stronger. It gets a little bit heavier. Uh, I wonder if he got to where he could walk normally with that thing, and now he could just run like a mile and not stupid. Anyway, it sounded, <laughs> it, as soon as it started coming out of my mouth, it was like, no, that's stupid, dude. So. Okay. You see? You see? <laughs> You're stupid minds. Okay, go. So number two. Yes. In 2011, a woman in the U.S. had a four-pound hairball removed from her stomach. Oh, my goodness. It grew for 20 years. stingers for this. And it caused a lot of weight loss. <laughs> you think? New God. York Daily News. I had a friend that um, was hoping that she would have a 40-pound baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I was hoping for that, but it turns out it didn't work out No, it like doesn't that. work that way. No. Mm. All right. That was a good one. That was a very good one. Okay. Topic number ball. three. Wait a minute. Wait, she had a. This is a human being. She had a hairball mm -hmm. removed. Four pounds. I was just thinking. Okay, well, she had trichotillomania. Oh, well, she was eating her eating own her hair. hair. Yeah, there is a syndrome pulling it out of her head called trichotillomania, and those people will pull their own hair out and they will eat it, and they get hairballs because it's I mean, hair is undigestible, and if it can't migrate out of the stomach, if you get enough in there, now it just starts to collect more hairballs. It's a beaver dam of hair. Yes, right. <laughs> okay. I don't want to give you a bell. For that, oh, that's very come on, good. dang it! That was a give thyself a bell. Yes, that's it, baby. See, Scott is not getting it for medical knowledge. He's just getting it for good analogies. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. In 2011, a 54-year-old man in the, uh-oh. 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 U-I-K. In the. What? Just make it up. Okay. Southern part of France. In the blank. Southern part of France. <laughs> had an infection oh. caused from a worm living in his eye. The worm had been living in his eye for two years. That's from BBC, so it must be from the UK. Oh, a worm living in someone's ears. I, I mean, <laughs> sorry. I was Thanks looking. I was looking at the picture of the ear that I brought up earlier, and my brain just went into neutral. So, worm in eye. Worm okay, in let's, eye. we got to see what the hell. Okay, this you really is. don't want that. Eye worms, a result of infestation with a parasitic worm, or the larva adult worm itself moves to the eye. 
Oh, it's Loa Loa's a filarial nematode that causes Loa Loa fili- uh, um, ooh, filariasis. Loa Loa actually means wormworm, but is commonly known as the eye worm as it localizes to the conjunctiva of the eye. Okay, so this lives on the outside of the eye. Was this found on the inside of his eye? It does not say. Wow. Who cares? The yeah, worm cares. <laughs> Regardless, it's terrible. It says, it says living in eye for two years. So. Goodness gracious. It almost has to be inside. People can get loiasis if they're bitten by deer flies, also called mango or mangrove flies, that carry the parasite. That you know, another disgusting fly that can kiss my ass is the bot fly, and it it can cause uh, larvae that grow under your skin. Really? And I remember reading a story when I was um, a kid about this guy that uh, uh, he had this girlfriend, and he was in some tropical country, and she he thought that she was trying to put a curse on him, and she gave him a shirt and told him to. Uh, to iron it before he put it on, and he didn't. And then he got all these weird skin manifestations. He thought that she had cursed him. And what it really was, was it had botfly larva on it. I don't even know if this is possible. But he wore the shirt, and then the, the larvae, you know, uh, wound their way into his skin and then started to grow under the skin. Hmm. And if you want to see something gross... Uh, Google image bot fly skin larva and watch them popping these things out of people. Ooh. They're basically maggot-like things that are growing <laughs> under their skin. And it looks like zits or something or like a abscess, and you pop it open, and there's a living thing in there. Ooh, that's disgusting. Yeah, bot flies can kiss my ass. Okay, topic number four. Okay. <laughs> in 2013, a U.S. man had a 25-pound tumor removed from his face. CBS News. Really? Mm-hmm. So what was the tumor? There's not a lot of detail with these. Nope. <laughs> so say it again. In 2013. Just because we got to kill time. I figure if you say it twice. A U.S. Right. man had a 25-pound tumor removed from his face. CBS News. From face. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Here's a, I've got a different one. 12-pound tumor swallows a man's face. That's a, I don't like that headline. Uh, 12-pound tumor explosive growth of blood vessels that blinded him in one eye and invaded his mouth, making it difficult to breathe and nearly impossible to eat. Uh, do this, y'all. When that something like that starts up, go see somebody sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until it gets so big that you can't breathe and you can't eat and you can't see. 25-pound tumor I have seen people face. that have ignored little... Squamous cell cancers on the skin, which those things will continue to grow, and uh, uh, but they start off tiny, and you can just cut them off, and you're done. And uh, I've seen people just leave and go, "Nah, I'm not messing with it. I'm not messing with it." And then all of a sudden, it's you know, it's eating into a blood vessel in their neck or something, and now it becomes critical. And uh, they have to do something or they're going to die. So so just if you see something like that, get it looked at. And if they recommend removing it, just fucking do it. Well, I would hope that they would recommend <laughs> well, removing No, I'm, I'm just saying when you go, well, okay, some people will go and they've got a mole or something, but it's okay. They don't have to remove that. But um, if, if they go, if you go and they say this needs to be removed, then please have it removed. Yeah. Do what your doctor says. Pay well, not, not always, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Sometimes it's 
smart to uh, listen to what they say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what Topic else number five. Ooh, Ooh. This is the big one. That was right? a good one here. No, this, yeah. No, this not, it's oh, this not. Is, not well, is this not the one that you told Scott not to do? No. Oh, oh when six. are you going to do that one? Next Seven week. Six. Oh, next week. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. In 2013, a woman in India had her ovary removed after it turned into a stone that was over 4.25 inches in size. Largest ovarian stone ever removed. Wow. Medical news today. How big so, was it? 4.25 inches in size. I'm looking at one here. 42-year-old woman presented with severe abdominal pain. Now, this is from Oof. this is from the Journal of Reproductive Medicine. Uh, a pain, uh, uh, plain abdominal radiography, so just an x-ray, showed well-defined calcified mass 4 by 5 centimeters located in the pelvis. Physical examination showed a right adnexal mass. So the way you do that is you get the woman in, um, you know, what we call dorsal lithotomy position. In other words, pap smear position. Uh, and you put your feet in the stirrups. You put two fingers in the vagina and then two and then your left, other hand, the non-dominant hand on the outside. And you push up to the on either side hoping that you can feel ovaries and fallopian tubes. and Well, you hope you don't want to be able to feel fallopian tubes, but ovaries and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so when they did that, there was on the right side, um, so that would be this side. I'm doing it in my, in my head. Uh, there was a mass accompanied by severe pain and tenderness when you lifted it. So when they took their, the fingers that are in the vagina and pointed them upward and then compressed it between the two hands, one outside, one inside, there was pain and they could feel this. So they did a CT scan and they saw 4.5 centimeters. So five centimeters, two inches. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just under two inch by two inch uh, mass with an extensively calcified shell. They did surgery, and they found an enlarged, ovoid, pale, brown ovary, which looked exactly like an ovary made out of stone. Ew. Interesting, which kind of was. Pathologic findings were compatible with benign chocolate cyst. Mm. That Now that sounds, chocolate. That sounds tasty. Mm. With an extensive calcification and ossification. In other words, it was calcified and turned into bone, basically. Pelvic pain resolved completely after the surgery. Well, I'd say not exactly completely. She probably had pain from the surgery, but that particular pain resolved. How about that? That's pretty cool. That's a good one. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'll give you a medium. Uh, this counts for two bells. Hearken to thine inner voice and give thyself a bell. There you go. Good job, Taze. <laughs> good job, Taze. So that is... That concludes our topic, yeah. time of topics. All right, very good. Cool, man. <laughs> I, got, I don't have an outro for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one. Tacey, I'm going to need you to answer this. And I thought I would send, I would return the favor and send this one to Mom Swipes Left as well. We'll see. Okay. It's, I just looked at the text of this. I did not listen to the question, but I said this one is uh, one for the women in our uh, room here. Hi, Dr. Steve. It's uh, Grant living in uh, Seattle, Washington. Hey, Grant. And I've uh, got a question. Wondering, need to, I was looking for an answer. Okay. But, um, so, uh, you, you know how um, some uh, ladies. Uh, the hell is, how, well, about. no, I don't know. But um, so anyway, um, one time I heard this um, man, this woman talking, 
And uh, what is Grant listening to in the background? <laughs> the hell is that? Sounds like some sounds Pointer like a, Sisters. Oh, is oh, I thought it was like a Chinese opera or something. Let's see. Um, man, this woman talking, and um, this the lady said um, that she had to go to the bathroom, and the man said, "Well, just uh, pinch that, pinch your, pinch it." And uh, pinch so what? I was wondering. Wait, pinch what? And I was curious. Can um, women don't exactly have anything to pinch exactly? No. I mean, down there in them nether regions is what I mean. Hmm. There's plenty to pinch, but women. Can ladies, can women, a woman actually literally pinch the vagina to um, s- stop from to stop from peeing, to stop from needing their... Okay, so that's an interesting question, but he's only halfway through. I want to, I'm, now I'm curious, <laughs> where is this going after, wow. after this? Because okay. that's kind of the question. Urge to go from stop from needing to go to stop from... Um, urinating. Um, I mean, can the the muscles in it? Okay. Can the okay. Muscles... So he, he's just expanding on his question. So now there is an incontinence clamp that uh, for men that is basically a clothespin, and the urologists will use it for men that are just constantly, you know, pissing in their pants. Rather than giving them a catheter. Mm-hmm. You can put this clothespin-like device. It's a urologic uh, incontinence device, and it's soft. Obviously, it's not just made out of wood and you know a spring. <laughs> it doesn't look like a clamp. No, but it looks like a clamp. A wooden, it, it, a wooden clamp. Right, right. No, it's it's soft and it's got Velcro, and uh, you can put more and more tension on it until you stop pissing yourself. But I don't see how the, what. Uh, Tacey, you take it. I'm I'm as bumfuzzled as uh, Grant was. Okay, asking so this I'm just going to say, let's just say that women, the younger you are, the more you can hold it. Yes. I don't think you pinch it, <laughs> but you can hold it. Now, could you the, put a finger on the outside and one on the inside, kind of like a C clamp? I mean, I've and then never tried that. Pinch the urethra. There is urethra there. It'd be hard to do that and still walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All she right. probably Give could. myself a bell. <laughs> she probably could, but <laughs> yeah, you could get a couple of looks. But that's hilarious. The older you get, I guess. No, you're... I can't hold it at all anymore. If I think of a toilet, and here we go, then I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Nope. Oh, so now you got to go. Do you uh-huh. need to go now because we mentioned it? No, but I mean, it's it's, the, try the, the it depends clamp. on how how long much long, longer pitch. we have in the show. Yeah. <laughs> the the doctor's deep sea clamp. Yes, pitch. yeah, try it. <laughs> try it. No, I'm not going to do we'll, that. We'll turn, our, we'll turn our heads and turn the camera off. Can you imagine, <clears throat> my God? No, I can't. So, um, stop it. <laughs> stop no, it. No, it's for the next. The next no, thing. it's not. You're being an asshole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh gosh! That was for the next thing. He's our, he, I, I have bronchitis. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that from uh, the first jackass? I'm not so sure. And every time the guy had hit the golf ball, they would hit the air horn, <laughs> and then they'd come after him and go, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he says, "I have bronchitis." <laughs> it's the most non sequitur thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, Good right. movies. 
Okay, so pinching your vag, probably not. Well, maybe we get somebody. I mean, somebody. come on. If somebody's ever done this, call. But I think you have. it's got to be somebody that wears a skirt and they don't wear underwear. <laughs> and then they could walk around and. No. Pinch? No. Well, I guess if you had like a food clamp, I guess. What? And what would you like clamp? A potato, potato, yeah, like, I mean. Like, that was Scott his question. It's, not my, it's not my question. No, I know. I know. That was your answer. Have you ever no. seen one, Scott? I'm pretty sure that <laughs> Dr. clamping the answer was a food clamp. Right. It's not going to pinch the inside. <laughs> oh, I'm still funny. trying to get over the one that you're talking about for, for us, a clamp for the... The penis. Okay, so just yeah. imagine. That just sounds awful. Okay, so you have a, a, Painful a, a plastic sort of tray mm-hmm. that is roughly phallic shaped, right? Mm-hmm. It's scooped out a little bit, and it's got a, uh, and then it's got a soft, spongy thing in there, and you put that on the underside of the penis. Gotcha. Okay, and then it has a Velcro strap that comes all the way across, mm-hmm. the. Uh, across the shaft, mm-hmm. not not long ways, but you sure. know, um, and then you would just sort of cinch it down mm-hmm. to apply pressure. It'd be just like the same thing if you put your hand in your pants and just squeezed mm-hmm. and sc- mechanically squeezed, uh, you know, made there uh, enough resistance to flow that you could not flow. That's how right. that clamp works. And the mm-hmm. urologists will use it because, you, you know, nobody. If if all your problem is is that you've got sort of an incontinent uh, uh, sphincter coming from your bladder to the penis, then why do a catheter for that? The catheter is just going to increase the amount of uh, infections that you have. And then the external catheter kind of sucks because you're walking around with a bag full of urine on your leg. This thing, you just clamp it off, and then when you need to piss, you just unclamp it, piss, and then. Clamp it back on, go on your way. Hmm. Amazing. Now, if you, yeah, <laughs> now, <laughs> having, if you're getting ready to have intercourse with somebody, you don't know them real well, yeah, probably go into the bathroom and get rid of that thing Take before they see it. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. So, here's this, this next thing. That we're really good. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's part of the next. I mean, okay. All right. All right. Um, here you go. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is John from Washington, D.C. How are you? Good. How are you, man? This is where I'm supposed to say, I'm supposed to pretend we're having a conversation and <laughs> say, good, thank you. Oh, good, good. Um, I had a question, a couple questions actually about weed. Uh, I just turned 40 and trying to give my liver a break and also slim down a little bit. So I have kind of cut out alcohol altogether. I didn't have a problem with it per se, but, you know, would have at least one drink every night, and I still want my treat at the end of the day, and I just don't like being alone with my own thoughts, so I I recently, at 40, decided to start getting more and more into marijuana, and a couple of questions for you about that. First of all, um, I'm scared of edibles and their unpredictability, so I've been vaping for the most part. I assume there's no free lunch when it comes to any sort of substances. So while I might be giving my liver a break, um, is there a real risk associated with frequent vaping with uh, with weed or anything like that? And also, I've noticed, shockingly, that when I get high – uh, I get very hungry, the munchies, all that. 
sometimes I end up drinking anyway because it lowers my inhibitions. Oh. So I'm just kind of curious, <laughs> what causes the munchies to begin with, uh, and is there a way to still enjoy weed without getting them? I know some people who do smoke say that they never get the munchies, even if we do both smoke the same strain. So thanks for your help. Have a good one. Yeah. Uh, excellent questions all. And uh, pot is probably the one where if it doesn't, well, okay, um, if it doesn't act as a gateway drug for you and you're able to just do it, you know, every once in a while mm -hmm. like that, there really is kind of a free lunch with that one yes. because the, the you know, the, there's not really a known thing like a pot hangover. No. Some people, I guess, have it. You know, everybody's different. But for the most part, I mean, the alcohol hangover is kind of universal. Everybody knows what that is. Right. Oh, but yeah. when it comes to the pot hangover, that's not really a thing. Um, but uh, obviously using street drugs is an issue that we've talked about just because right now a lot of the uh, street uh, pot is being adulterated in some areas of the country because they're trying to compete with dispensaries and all their different kinds of marijuana varieties that they have and stuff like that. So, so that is so, you know, if you want one that jazzes you up, put a little meth in it. Oh, shit. And so we're seeing people that are only <laughs> oh. smoking pot that are getting methamphetamine in their urine oh. drug screens. And same thing if you want something that's going to make you a little sleepier instead of, instead of actually having indica, you just put fentanyl in whatever you got. So that we're having people having that issue as well. So I, I, I'm very cautious to say, well, yeah, just, you know, street. Well, what about the vaping though? So, okay. So, so, so let's, we're just cutting that out. And so let's say this person is in a place where they're buying it and it's legal from a dispensary, from a dispensary, mm -hmm. uh, vaping for the most part, if they are not using things like vitamin E or weird delivery systems or weird liquids you know, to, yeah, to weird liquids, flavors and stuff. Yeah. Right. Then you probably are, you know, it's generally considered mostly safe mm -hmm. uh, because the byproducts of the properly done uh, uh, vape pen are, uh, you know, water vapor and, um, you know, whatever else they're using, polyethylene or ethylene glycol or whatever that are pretty easily cleared from the system. So, uh, so check with the place, see what they're using, and then look up the ingredients. And if you want to send them to me, I'll, we'll look them up and we'll tell you what the risk of uh, whatever is in your vape pen is. Um, gummies, yeah, I understand that. It's hard to control, but most people that I know that have done gummies for a long time have figured it out. Yeah. You know, you take it, to, yeah, okay, Scott's raising his hand. I'm not sure why. But well, I'll be able to help you, you with that. Okay, well, <laughs> okay. When you're ready. <laughs> just, no, it's fine. I, what I meant was we're in a state where it's not exactly kosher, so I'm sure that you're just speaking hypothetically. And I've traveled to states where it is kosher. There you go, yeah. okay. And buying from a, from a legal Yes. Legal place. Um, but you just figured out. You know how how ahead of time to take it. Yeah. And, and like in Colorado, for for instance, the edibles are, are, are 10 milligrams apiece. Right. You cut them into fourths. The, well, well, that's the considered a, a normal adult dosage. Right. And the thing is, the, the big difference between edibles and the vaping or smoking is that the edibles have a longer onset, so it takes you longer to fill it. Right. And that's where people tend to screw up. They'll eat one. 
one till minute, one thirty minutes later, they don't feel it. Like, oh, I don't feel I'll anything. Have, so I'll have like, five more, like two or three more. And it's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, all that's out the window if your if your buddy brings over a plate of brownies, right? And he just made his own. You don't know what the hell's in there, right? That's or right. How, how strong they're going right. to be. Then vaping, you, can, you get that immediate effect. Very Here's the problem I have mm-hmm. with cannabis mm-hmm. uh, compared to alcohol. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to have your treat at night. You drink one bourbon at night or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's in and out. And, you know, in 20, 30 minutes, within an hour, you're you're legal to drive, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cannabis just hangs around for way longer mm-hmm. than that. And can, I, can I speak to that, too? Yes, of course. Because you're right. Because speaking, let's speak in terms of insomnia. Uh, Specifically, yes. insomnia. You're, you're okay, right. Now, insomnia, then it's beneficial. Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Because if you drink, you know, a couple drinks a night to go to sleep, which a lot of people do. Yeah. <clears throat> your, your liver metabolizes that liquor in the middle of the night. And then you wake up. You wake and, up, yep. and then you, you know, then you ruins your sleep cycle. Ruins sleep, anyway. yep. And the uh, the the thing about the edibles, because they do take longer. To kick in, they, then they last a little bit longer. Yeah. Typically at nighttime, it doesn't have to be just THC, Doctor. It can be, you know, a lot of the, a lot could of the be. hemp, hmm. the, the could be CBD and the nasal spray. And a nasal spray. Mm, I wonder where someone would get something well, like that. Would, someone would get such <laughs> well, a great. Well, that's because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. but the but the CBD simplyherbals.net, yes. everybody. Yes, yes, thank you. The uh, na- the CBD, I, I've had some really good success too. Yeah. Um, with 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 you know that is legal in the state of Tennessee. Com- yeah, well, it's yeah. basically it's yeah. mostly legal everywhere, everywhere depending yeah. on how it's made. But yeah. uh, I have found a little CBD at bedtime really does help me, me sleep too. better. Me too. Me I too. can tell I can tell the difference. So uh, and that, there doesn't seem to be much of a downside for that. As a matter of fact, CBD is indicated for certain maladies, including. Uh, refractory seizures in children, so it's, it seems to be pretty safe as far as what we know right now. Now, continuing, uh, we, what, one thing we didn't do is answer his question on um, the munchies, so there is some science behind this. Uh, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC, uh, binds the cannabinoid receptor type 1, so CB1, we'll call it that from now on, and this can promote overeating and weight gain and it is detrimental to some people but it's beneficial under certain conditions as a matter of fact mm-hmm. we use it in a medication called um, the brand name is Marinol uh, the chemical name is Dronabinol but it's just because they don't want to call it tetrahydrocannabinol uh, and uh, we use that for people who have chemotherapy induced nausea and vomiting uh, wasting diseases like HIV and stuff like that. It's, it works very works well. exceptionally well, yep. So, um, you know, the cannabis binds to these receptors. They're in our brains. It's because we make cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. So right. all of these things that, that um, uh, stimulate receptors in our brains, like opium or morphine, you know, stimulate the mu opioid receptor. Uh, that's because we make what we call endogenous molecules. In other words, they're made inside our body mm-hmm. that stimulate those receptors. And so all we're doing with these plants is just hyper-stimulating those receptors above where we would physiologically, right? Okay, gotcha. So uh, CB1 
the receptors found in a bunch of different places in the brain. One is a place called the basal ganglia. That's where it enhances eating pleasure. Okay. It's also in the limbic forebrain. There's not going to be an exam, so don't worry, but these are different parts of the brain. Where it, the en- pleasure center. it enhances <laughs> the taste of food, okay? Because yes, yes. there is a, a part, a place in your brain where taste can be dialed up or dialed back down. Uh, because, you know, we eat for pleasure, but we also eat to live. And then it's also CB1 is found in the stomach and the small intestine. And Tacey, you'll, um, you'll know this one because you dealt with this in your job. It, they regulate ghrelin. You remember what ghrelin is? Nope. You don't remember it? Mm-mm. Okay. It's an appetite-stimulating hormone that speeds digestion. And so there, it's a target for some of these weight loss drugs, but also for diabetes, some of the diabetes drugs, you know, future um, uh, target for that. And then it also uh, – I remember seeing it in some of your materials when you were, when you were training, but that's okay. Yeah, she, she said F that. Nope. And then also in a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And uh, those things, uh, the hypothalamus helps to regulate food intake. So how about, how interesting is that? Now, when you activate CB1, there are known mechanisms by which appetite is increased. It increases your levels of a thing called peptide tyrosine, tyrosine, so PYY, that increases your levels of ghrelin, and that increases your appetite. Hmm. What about that? That's cool. That's good yeah, stuff. That's pretty cool. It's science. There's more to it than that, but that those are the big ones. The Graylin one is the one I think is the is the most important. So so yeah. So that's how it causes the munchies. And uh, not sure exactly what you can do about that. I think I I know that if I ate a uh, relatively low carb, high protein meal, and then if I happen to you know if someone I don't know put a gummy in my food and I took it by accident, then I didn't ever actually get the munchies if I got it. You know what I'm saying? Because I would never, of course, take that stuff intentionally. Mm. But I found that, that the times when someone whose name rhymes with Flanda might have <laughs> slipped something into my food uh, that if I had a high-protein meal before that, I didn't get the munchies. But if I didn't, I did. So you could try that. Hey, Amanda was just saying on here that in Colorado, and it wasn't Amanda. No, 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 no. <laughs> that also no. rhymes with flan. It does. Yes, she was. She was saying that. that but to your question, because you made one statement, <laughs> they, they. I guess some of the dispensaries do claim that some of their strains do not cause as much of the munchies as other. Uh, that strains, would be a fun. Which makes sense. Okay, they can make any effing claims they want to, and we need prove data. It. Prove we need it. Data, and that would be a fun. An absolutely fun clinical trial to to uh, to uh, carry out. We'd only need like an N of twenty, and or three, and some (laughs) and some free stuff. At least three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So if any of you dispensaries want to make claims like that, and you want to actually set up clinical trials, I'd be happy to help you do that. I think I'd be fun. I've got a contact in color. Those the um, that this. Cannabis company, and we can, we can, they want to come on the show. We can talk to them. Okay. And, yeah. and the thing, oh, I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah. Cause they, they do this. They, they, they actually have biochemists that they employ to do all the tests. Well, biochemists can't do clinical trials. But no, we I, can. But uh, yeah, yeah, but we, we can. can. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, I mean, they can participate in them, but they can't run them. Right. Now, if, um, yes, we have a plan. If, 
I oh wow yeah I'm I'm just getting a bunch of different ideas but uh, <laughs> focus Doctor Steve focus focus yeah and if it turns out that it doesn't do what they say you just bury the study it's yeah. what everybody else does yeah, eat, 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 eat more or they Doritos lay you know? off all your employees yeah or they lay off all their employees <laughs> oh, because okay. their drug didn't uh, meet FDA muster. <laughs> Just certainly just speaking about something that hypothetical that didn't actually happen to Daisy. No. All right. But, yeah, yeah I would love to do that. Cool. Okay, so you had a question. Yeah, we got a, we've got a question from Evan. From this the waiting room. From the, from the fluid family. If you want to join the fluid family in the waiting room, just watch for uh, – go to our YouTube channel and um, click, you know, notification, uh, subscribe and notification. And then when we go live, it'll let you know. Go ahead. Yeah, so I I am a binge drinker in my early 30s. I've developed a facial twitch. It's on the right side of my face and cheekbone. It's annoying enough to keep me awake sometimes. What causes this? Question mark, exclamation okay. point. Okay, so it's just one side of the just face? Just one side. He said he does get it during the day and at, at night sometimes. And he said occasionally, <clears throat> here's a little bit disconcerting, he does get a little numbness too. Okay. Um, you guys want to take a crack at it? I think I know what it is. I do not know. Well, what it I was going to say I can think of a number of things, but I mean, well, there is a there's he, a name for it. It's called hemifacial spasm. spasm. Now that is not a it's not a diagnosis in the sense of it's just uh, descriptor. No, it's just a descriptor. Yeah, yep, yep. But hemifacial spasm uh, is where the muscles on just one side of your face will spasm involuntarily. It's usually caused by a blood vessel mm-hmm. that's touching the facial nerve. Right. Okay? Yeah. And so the facial nerve is the one that can, that controls, you know, facial muscles. Mm-hmm. And if you have a blood vessel that's up against it and it's pulsating, mm-hmm. every once in a while it will trigger that damn nerve to tw- and and the, the whole face will twitch. Yep. But it'll only be on half of the face. Yep. So that's probably what it is. It can be caused by facial nerve injury, and sometimes there's just no known cause. Yeah. Sometimes so, stress, sometimes so pressure. Who, yeah. Yep. Who would you see for that? Maybe a neurologist to start with. And uh, if you if it happens often enough where you can show them, mm-hmm. hey, it just happened, mm-hmm. that would be great. Uh, if not, if it's happening, take a video. Mm-hmm. Take a video of yourself and then take that with you or go to your primary care. But they really a neurologist to be the one that would deal with yeah. this. I was just wondering, too, possibly because, I mean, I was thinking facial nerve stuff, too. But, I mean, possibly maybe since he is a binge drinker, because he's, he's already said he's going to stop drinking, yeah. possibly a mineral deficiency, calcium deficiency, potassium. Possibly, yeah, I don't know. It could be magnesium. Magnesium, possibly, yeah. yeah maybe. But I, I would take I'm, a multivitamin, but yeah. I wouldn't take a multivitamin and go, oh, I can keep drinking. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he clearly said he was going to stop. But I think that um, I think that uh, having someone look at it just in case to rule out anything kind of goofy would be a really good idea. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Start, bin- with your, start with your primary care doc. Let them, let One them in six adults test. binge drink, so yeah. you're not alone. No. You know, 20, 25%. Of those, do it at least weekly. And uh, it's just one pattern of excessive drinking, but it accounts for nearly all excessive drinking. So, you know, because people on the weekend and then they just start, you know, knocking them back, <laughs> you know? Yep. More common between adults age thir- 18 to 34, more common amongst men than women. And uh, it's more common among adults who have higher household income. That kind of makes sense. 
if you got a job and you're holding down a job and then you get off and it's like high pressure and you start slamming from Friday to Monday afternoon. And uh, so there are some risks. And I'm just going to throw this out here mm-hmm. just to help him. Uh, unintended pregnancy is <laughs> is one. And I know we're laughing because he's a dude, but, you know, it's still unintended pregnancy and poor pregnancy outcomes. Uh, now, uh, sudden infant death syndrome. Why? Uh, I, I don't know why. I'm assuming that's due to uh, parental neglect. I don't know. I'm just now this I'm getting off the CDC. So, you know, uh, chronic disease. But the big ones, chronic diseases such as high blood pressure, stroke, heart attack, uh, heart disease and liver disease and uh, certain cancers are associated with binge drinking and memory and learning problems. So, you know, uh, let's let's. Yeah. If you're binge drinking, let's get off that. If yeah. you need help. Uh, seek help. Yep. We'll we can help a little bit, but we can point point you in the right direction. Go to a meeting. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I haven't had a drop in. Um, I just quit drinking for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because uh, one day I just woke up, I said this shit didn't help doing it. It's not doing anything for me. Right. So I've been drinking kombucha instead, <laughs> and that for me, I just needed. It turned out I just needed something at night that I could drink. Mm-hmm that I enjoyed and I just like kind of like the taste of it so now we're going on vacation I might drink I might not mm-hmm. I don't I, I'm starting to think I might not well it's totally up to you that'd be okay I know yeah that's yeah, the thing it's a, you know I'm not sober because I was never not sober but uh, I'm just yeah I'm just don't, I'm not drinking right now I went through a period of a couple two or three years in my past where I just didn't drink <laughs> then you met me no, I meant taste. <laughs> That's what did it. Good, thank you. I was, I was yeah. thinking that was my fault. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was totally. It wasn't Tacy's fault. No, it I was know. just. Well, I mean, it well, was. It was, but, was, but you know. But, but I'm we, just. We would never say that to her. It, it was my choice, but uh, yeah, I didn't drink for like two or three years before she and I met, and then I wanted to be cool because she was younger than me, and you know, you're. That's one way to be cool is to drink, man. I was so stupid. So, but anyway, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm just in that phase again. I can come and go. Anyway, all right. Anything? All right. 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 Good luck with that. Who was that? That was uh, Evan. Evan. Okay, Evan, if you need any, if if we can help you uh, with that part of it, um, absolutely email us. And you can just go to drsteve.com and click contact. uh, Or... Um, you know, get go to a meeting if if you if, you know if it's something that you're having difficulty doing on your own, and you can do it. You know, the thing is, is it really if you're binge drinking, you're binge drinking on the weekends. Just don't binge. You know, you're not drinking during the week. Uh, it's just habit at this point. Yeah. I mean, I make it sound easier than it is, but uh, but we would be happy to help point you in the right direction. All yeah. right. Well, listen. Thanks to everyone who's made this show happen over the years, and uh, listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on demand. Other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. And uh, go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. And uh, uh, Holly, uh, we'll be seeing you in one week. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks Goodbye, everyone. See you guys.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.